For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome aboard the good ship For Your Reconsideration, trawling the seven seas of cinema in search of bumper catches to take home and share, occasionally hauling in weird oddities that we throw back in till it sink without trace. I'm Rob, and these are my two able seamen, Simon and James. Ahoy there, gentlemen! Arr, arr, that's a good one. I like it. Arr. My apologies for including the word seamen so early in the podcast. Are you going to do the voice for the whole record, Rob? Please do. I, it's actually quite painful to do. It's a bit like gargling razor blades. And once you start laughing, you can't keep it going. Dear me. When you said this week we're starting with an impression, I would never have picked Pirate, to be honest, given the film that we're discussing this evening. I thought, all right, well, I think we know which what's coming here, but no. No, right oh, on left were field. You, were, you, were you expecting a, an Arnie ah, kind of... Uh, ah. No, that's, that's... Yeah, I think I morphed kind of into a German Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> we went way off piece there. Um, oh dear, how are you boys doing? Are you okay? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Oh, grand, mate. Absolutely grand. How are you? Good, good. Have you seen... Oh, I'm really good, really good. Thank you very much. Um, have you um, uh, guys seen anything decent recently that you want to uh, share with us all? Oh, mate, I had a mammoth movie session this weekend uh, as my missus was like a little under the weather, bless her. So we just like watched movies oh. in our pyjamas for the whole time, which oh, I haven't done yo. haven't done for years. Obviously, I'm not going to like talk in detail about everything I watched. But if you'll indulge <laughs> me, gents, I'm going to reel off the list oh, yes. of films that we got through in two days. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah, please. This is what we watched in it. two days. So, deep breath. American Beauty, Deadpool 2, Justice League, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Meg, Indecent Proposal, Zoolander, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, A Star is Born, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Predator, and Speed. Wow. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> wow. What a weekend. <laughs> Dear me. I mean, and what was your, of that lot, what was your favourite? Like, uh, well, I'm going to guess the Meg. The Meg, surely. <laughs> the Meg was the Meg was way better than I expected. I'd heard it was really, good, really good, rubbish. Good. Just, well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a Megalodon. I liked it too. Jason Statham's accent is brilliant Megalodon. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is he American? Is it, he, like, he like bails on the American accent after about five minutes. <laughs> Does he at least try it then? Because he's just stopped bothering. Like, he doesn't tend to do the accent anymore. He does. He does try it when they first introduce him. He gives it a whirl and then he's just like mid sentence. He goes, "Ah, oh, fuck it." I can't yeah. be bothered. <laughs> just bails. I remember watching the uh, the first Transporter movie, and he has an American accent in that. But then, obviously, became a much bigger star after that movie. And for the second and third one, he just didn't bother. <laughs> so he changed, changed accent mid franchise. <laughs> I remember, was it the one, the, the Jet Li film he was in? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of his first ones, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and his American accent in that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've it's not nice seen the one in years, so oh, I need oh. to check that out. Need yeah, to check that out. What about you, James? you see anything? Yeah, I wanted to just uh, shout out. Do you remember when we did the predestination episode and I said, oh, why do we never see Sarah Snook in anything? Oh, yeah. Like, why isn't she like a massive star? Well, I have seen her in something and it's really, really good. So I finally caught up with the show Succession. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I don't know if you've heard of. It's on uh, Sky Atlantic in the UK and HBO in the States. And she's in that and she's absolutely brilliant. And season two starts nice. this week. It's really good. Awesome. Awesome. 
So there has been justice for Snoop. Justice for Snoop, yeah. <laughs> justice for Snoop. Yeah. Critically acclaimed Excellent. HBO drama. Lovely stuff. Nice. Ah, it seems like our weird fanboy petition to get her in more stuff has paid off. Yeah, I think she was doing all right without us, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was us, James. It definitely was it us. was us. It was us. It was definitely us. Well, we'll find out if she wins an Emmy this year, won't she? And uh, um, I'd also like to thank the guys from the Foyer Reconsideration Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Who believed in me when no one else would. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they thought I was Dane DeHaan. <laughs> What have you been watching, Rob? I, I went. I actually went to the cinema. Oh, what? I, for the first time in ages and ages, I took the three kids uh, and Mrs. Parker to uh, the cinema to watch the new Lion King movie. Ah, good. Um, which obviously the the remake, and it was really, really good. I really liked it, and the effects in it were absolutely other oh, outrageous photorealism. I, I think um, that might, you know, I don't know how is how is it done. Is it done all right or not so great? Or I've no. I idea. think it's done well. I, I do think it's done well. I think it's like been quite average on the old critic side of things but it's made a shit ton of money so has yeah. it oh well i'm glad about that because yeah, like made, i mean it's made them happy. if on in terms of effects alone it deserves to do very well but it's a very very faithful reinterpretation it's got that um uh james Earl jones is back as well voicing mufasa it's very very cool although going to the cinema with three kids obviously is an expensive pastime um especially when you have to take the baby out halfway through so i actually missed mufasa's death didn't see it. <laughs> the key bit. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers, spoilers, everyone. Yeah, didn't see it at all. Um, but it got me thinking because, like, this week as well is um, about a trip to the cinema. This week's movie, uh, and my kids were making a little bit of noise throughout this, and I was thinking, like, we must be doing everyone's head in here. So I wanted to know, like, what, what, are, you know, we all have had nightmare trips to the cinema in the past, but what are your like standout terrible trips to the cinema that you've you've endured? I've got two really bad ones that really stick out for me, and they're kind of tenuously linked as well. The first was when the family and I went to see uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was really looking forward. We were all really looking forward to it. Like, for some reason, the Planet of the Apes films, like, my dad loves them, like, from the 60s ones. <laughs> it's like his, yeah. he, he absolutely loves them. So we all went to watch it, and there was a bloke and his girlfriend sat in front of us, and they were just on their phones the whole time. Uh. Just a big light screen you know blown out and it just it's you know it's one of those things what will never not piss me off in a cinema it does my head in why people feel the need to be on their phones yeah this was like well over an hour into the movie and we all getting annoyed my brother went to tell him to turn it off and the guy got really defensive and aggressive and his girlfriend started being like we're not making any noise it's on silent blah 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 and it's like oh it's the light you dickheads um (laughs) but then this guy (laughs) the guy got out of his chair to like square up to my brother and none of us realised how big this man was. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> enormous. So he stands over and just like towers over my brother, even though he's on the row in front, so there's a step down oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So so we all just like you know, cower back to our seats. But the worst thing was we you know with the film had finished and we all left. And he was waiting for us outside oh, to dear. have a fight with no us. No way. <laughs> so we just all shit. No shitty. way. We're just like, oh, there he is waiting for us. Let's uh, should we go should we go this way. And this is like <laughs> me, my brother, and my dad just like absolutely crapping it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is wrong fun. with some people? I, I don't, don't understand. Is, 
what is wrong with us. But then just quickly to the second one was when I went to see War for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so this is the second the link between the There's two. There's a theme here. There's a theme. <laughs> yes, I have a bad run watching these movies. So I was in London. I went to cinema on my own to watch it. Again, really looking forward to it because these the, the trilogy is amazing, especially the Matt Reeves ones. Yeah. So I was really, really looking forward to it. I was, I was on my own on this big empty row. Film starts, you know, still empty. The rest of the screen's packed apart from this row. And Usher comes in about 30 minutes in, brandishing his torch and he's shining a torch everywhere. And he's like bringing in this family of five who come in half an hour into the movie, like really super late. So that's annoying. And I'm just like, they're supposed to be sat here, aren't they? I'm on this empty row. They're definitely Uh. sat next to me. So they come in, sit next to me, like not making any attempt to be quiet, just like coming ah. in. It's like, you're all right, guys. Yep, you're all right. Yep, sit down, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, fuck's sake, right? Sit down. And then, uh, so so they rock up, sit down. And then they proceeded to whip out the contents of a fucking family barbecue. Not only have they come in and made like loads of noise, they're just like rustling foil. And then they're just eating like plates of cold meats for like the next <laughs> half an hour just watching it and i'm just like for god's sake why can't i just watch a planet of the apes movie in peace <laughs> idiots oh dear <laughs> uh well the lesson is don't go to the next planet of the apes movie <laughs> no i'm, I'm waiting the for the effort. blu-ray waiting for the blu-ray uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna watch it nice and cozy on my own <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find out when you're watching it, Sian. I'm just going to rock up with a big family barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on the door. I might bring one of those big um, spits that they have in kebab shops and just have it rotating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just eating it, just like a lolly. Just, <laughs> just strand after strand. Just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what about you, James? Have you had any stinkers? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I was the cause of this one. So I'm going to take you back oh, to 1993. Oh. So the same year that tonight's film actually came out. Oh, yes. And uh, it was a a friend was having a cinema a birthday party, basically. So basically their parents take them and a few friends to the cinema. And uh, yeah. we went to see uh, the magnum opus. Uh, it must have been around Halloween of... Uh, the film Hocus Pocus. Does anyone remember Hocus Pocus? <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't Riddler. know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolute classic. Sarah um, Sarah Jessica Parker as well, as if I remember correctly. Anyway, um, yes. I've not seen this film again since, and you'll understand why once I finish the story. So uh, I don't know what it'd been. Maybe got a bit overexcited, had too much jelly and ice cream before going in with loads of pick and mix. But I started to feel quite unwell during this, and I will have been what... <laughs> Eight or nine during the uh, uh, when we were uh, at this particular party, and anyway, there's a there's a part in Hocus Pocus. I can't remember anything else from the film apart from this one bit where I think some ghoul or something comes up out of a sewer and a manhole cover uh, crushes his fingers. You know, like in like kid kiddie film type way. Yeah, so it wasn't gruesome or anything like that. But I obviously thought it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen because I proceeded to throw up on the child next to me. (laughs) (laughs) Violent. It it could have been the birthday boy. I can't remember, to be honest with you. (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jacob. (laughs) 
when I asked this question, I wasn't expecting such a soul-searching answer, James. <laughs> so, yeah, that's mine. That was a bad one. Not for me, oh, obviously. Nice. I didn't have to clean it up. I no, no. didn't even have I to pay. You, you, like, you felt much better immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, I stayed and watched the rest of the film. The, other, the poor kid had to go and get cleaned up. I, there was none on me. I just stayed and watched the rest of the film. So you you literally heaved all over the kid next to you and none went on you? Yeah. <laughs> you bastard, James. It wasn't it was an accident. Nice. It wasn't like I did it on purpose. I was I, I must stress that. It wasn't a it wasn't a targeted attack on said child because <laughs> just he happened to be in the crossfire of my vom hitting the floor. He's the collateral damage he, of your He was mix. very much an innocent bystander. So whoever that person is, if they're listening, uh, I'm, I apologise. I'm sorry. And if it was your birthday, I apologise for that as well. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, two very, oh, some really good answers there. <laughs> I, I think two two occasions sit out for me. One was the opening night of Kick-Ass at the cinema. Again, pretty similar side. You know, when someone comes in and they've clearly bought their own food. These two um, middle-aged ladies came in um, with two Tesco carrier bags that, already looked like they'd seen a bit of life. So they were already scrunching and crinkling and they were just jam packed full of sweets within, you know, so sweet bags within the carrier bag. And they just sat there like right the way through. And I turned to him, I was like, come on, please. You know, this is about half an hour into the movie. And they were like, Ooh, you know, did that really oh, irritating noise. And then they got out two little bottles of Blossom Hill each, you know, the little wines like, Oh, you know, oh, is he, oh, is he having a go at us? Oh, why would two middle-aged women go to watch kick-ass? No, they were by themselves. And like, they didn't, literally, they didn't get, I didn't see what was in these things, but like one of them, in these bags, but the shapes that these bags were, like one of them looked like they were carrying a tennis racket. (laughs) (laughs) The shapes of the bags were absolutely absurd. And the other one looked like they had like a massive like bowling ball or watermelon at the bottom. (laughs) You know, I mean, if I hadn't have intervened, who knows where this might have been. A water watermelon tennis match might have erupted in the middle of kick-ass. The the other occasion was uh, I was at Chroma Cinema in, I think it was... um, 95 uh, to watch Toy Story 1 and I was with my family with my dad brother and sister and this was one of those days when you're on holiday and dad looks after the kids and my brother was given um, a big bag of Maltesers and he was like the guardian of the Maltesers and we got there a little early so Johnny said you know my brother is Johnny I know he listens to the pod so I know he knows what's coming so we stood outside and Johnny opened the you know the Maltesers and um, he opened them in such a dramatic fashion that the bag burst and all the Maltese went <laughs> into the air. And every last one went down a grid at our feet. <laughs> like all of the, you know, watching the little marble circle and dropping, like, no, no, no! Johnny, you uh, had one job. You had one job. <laughs> uh, so we proceeded to watch the film with no sweets. Uh, you know, and, uh, sort of, you know, that is a, it's a travesty. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, moving on, because this is, I'm really excited about this today, because, yeah, we're talking about trips to the cinema, because this movie is all about a trip to the cinema gone awry. And this is exciting stuff for us, this, because this is our second listener request show. 
Um, so thank you all for tuning in and listening and giving us the opportunity to do these these shows. Uh, this one is actually the result of a poll that did so much better than any of us. I think it's fair to say that any have expected it to. to. Is that right, boys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A huge amount of engagement. So thank you to everyone who voted. Yeah. Thank you so much. The result was swinging in different directions before landing on our winner right the way through the poll. So you asked for it. And in life, if you don't ask, you don't receive. So here you go, folks. It's time to assess for reconsideration Arnie's 1993 movie, Last Action Hero. A great classic comes to the screen. Take thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? Be or not to be. Not to be. Columbia Pictures is proud to present the screen's greatest action hero, Jack Slater. Slater! Not even thinking, Slater, you hear me? This is the Lieutenant Governor. Slater, here's what I do. The Governor gets here, call me. And Danny Madigan is his biggest fan. <laughs> Jack Slater. But tonight, a magic ticket... It's a passport to another world. ...will get Danny closer to the action... ...than anyone ever dreamed. Holy cow! I'm in the movie! Who the hell are you? Don't shoot me! I'm Danny Madigan, I'm a kid! And you're going with him. Who is this twerk? And where is that smile on his face? I don't even know this kid. To a world that's bigger than life. This ticket is magic, and it really works. And better than real. You really believe that you're inside a movie, don't you? Yes! The bad guys are in there. I've seen it on screen. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? Have a nice day. Have him killed. This summer, it's head-on thrills. I have killed people smarter and younger than you. Head-first excitement. I hate when it happens. He's got the ticket! Now I possess power. Real power. He's gone over to my world! In this world, the bad guys can win! The door must still be open, come on! If I go, how do I get back? And it's coming at you from both sides of the screen. Where am I now? This isn't the movies anymore, Jack. Please be careful, things were different here. Damn it, that hurt! Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. Wow! This hero stuff has its limits. And Jack Slater is... Everybody down! The Last Action Hero. The big ticket for 93. I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do? Boys, I... I just slightly intro the movie there, but... When was the last time you boys saw this? Oh, God, years ago. Probably. Years ago. Probably about 20 years ago, to be honest with yeah, you. Like, yeah. And I remember thinking that it was the best film I'd ever seen because I was 14 then. <laughs> <laughs> so right in like the target wheelhouse audience. Yes, right in the sweet spot, yeah. 
Although this is this was a fifteen in in the UK, it was yeah, but only yeah. PG thirteen, which is a lot of an equivalent of a twelve nowadays, isn't it? I suppose it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll get into the actual content of the film, but I think that like PG thirteen is a little bit generous. Yes, <laughs> I find it weird, like you know Schwarzenegger, because it's very much a Schwarzenegger's movie. When this came out, I was, what, 93 this is? 93, yeah. I'm seven at this point. Now, obviously, I didn't go and see it at the cinema because I was only seven. Yeah. But I knew and loved Arnie when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. And his films are, like, not suitable for children whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, this is, must be the first... This must be what... It's probably, I don't know when Kindergarten Cop is. Perhaps that's after this or just be, or around this era. But, yeah, he's... He's known as the Terminator at this stage. This is his first film yeah, that he's done, a, his first starring role since T2. Went absolutely yeah. bananas at the box office. So, so yeah, he's he's not known for family <laughs> four-quadrant movies, let's no, put it that no. way. I, I, and even Kindergarten Cop was a 15 in this country, wasn't was it? Was it? I don't know. I'd have to check that, mate. I think so, because I remember wanting to see it. It was and... quite violent. It was yeah. quite... Yeah. I remember Mr. and Mrs. Parker saying, no... When I said, but it's got Arnie in it and it's about children. I don't know why I became like Damon Wayans then. Shai, <laughs> um, what about you? When did you first see this? I, I honestly can't remember. I've only seen it like once or twice before. I was never, I loved, I'd say loved Arnie, but this was probably really low on my list of Arnie flicks I would watch or rewatch yeah. as I was growing older. So yeah, I was looking forward to watching it again. Actually, yeah, I, I was. I read a lot about it. I remember re- they, they had a piece on it in Empire not long ago. Oh right, right. Interviewing Shane Black about the whole thing because it was all a bit of a a bit of a farce by all accounts. I think production wise and right, kind of from the get go to when it was released. So the, it was. It, it's quite an. In, it's got an interesting like story to go with it. So yeah, I was. I was looking forward to watching. Yeah, that I I was as well. I think I first uh, watched it. Well, it's, it's very interesting because I've been aware of it right the way through since it came out because it's the first time I'd ever heard of a film being a flop before. You know, because this, yeah. this is known as like one of the biggest flops of all time, isn't it? It and, is. And in 93, it came out a week after Jurassic Park. You know, seriously tough competition there. You know, it's like the first time I thought like, whoa, films can fail. Yeah. You know, so I was aware of it Arnie when I film was that well. young. An Arnie film yeah, film. yeah. Like big, big budget film can fail. Um, so I didn't really come back to it until I think we, we might have been at film school together, I think, when I eventually did watch it. And even then it was, you know, with definitely with a few beers and only really paying attention out the corner of my eye and thinking, well, what on earth is this? So this was the first time I, I think I've ever really sat down and really watched it start to back, you know, and paying attention, so to speak. So, um, But speaking of budget, um, James, what... What have we got, budget and box office-wise? Yeah, so uh, it was an $85 million budget, which will have been very big at the time. I think uh, I think that's bigger than Jurassic Park's budget that was out the week before. Wow. And it did $137 million worldwide, but only 50 in the States. Yeah. So I think when you take into account sort of the marketing on top of the production budget, it generally would be considered a flop and certainly performing way below expectations. Yeah. Uh, it's funny there that you say uh, it opened after Jurassic Park, and then the week after that, Sleepless in Seattle came out. So complete counter-programming wow. with, you know, America's dad Tom Hanks absolutely smashing yeah. it with Meg Ryan, like not smashing Meg Ryan, smashing it. <laughs> with it. 
What a terrible choice of You've never seen it. Oh, you are dead inside. What a lovely film that is. I've seen I've You've Got Mail. Oh. So, yeah, I've seen You've Got Mail. I've seen not seen. Yeah, oh, it's, it's way, it's way it better. Thing? No, it's way better. It's way better. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't even meet. And, well, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's <laughs> You've got to check it out. It's really good, Heck. actually. I won't I will, send I you will, the wrong I will. one. Meg Ryan, isn't it? Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah super. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd only seen uh, When Harry Met Sally for the first time like two months ago. Oh, that's good. How as was well. that? I've not seen that either. Oh, that's brilliant. When Harry Met Sally is amazing. It's really, really good. Is it good? Yeah, it's really, really good. Cool, cool. And um, so we know that it actually it it made some money, but known as a as a flop. Um, Sai, what about um critical reception? Yeah, I think this is where it's like what you would class as a stinker. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, going on a, a metrics, Rotten Tomatoes, thirty six percent critical, which is a yeah. low one, and then forty six percent audience, which isn't that much saving either. Um, similarly, Metacritic, 44 out of 100. User reviews really good on that, 8.7 on Metacritic. So I think wow. it's sort of like a, a, a modern day, maybe a cult sort of following possibly. Yeah, yeah. And then your letterboxed, which honestly, I'm th- I think every film we do is the same on letterboxed. It's a really boring average at 3.2 <laughs> stars, which every single <laughs> film we do seems to be. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, the critical thing reviews at the time were quite funny. Our old mate Mick LaSalle absolutely hated it. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know where the line is with this guy. <laughs> I can't get a read on him at all. He's all over for the two shop. Two years before, he, he loved Out for Justice, but now he, he hates it. This is this too argument. much for him. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how he gave it zero stars? Oh, come on. <laughs> Absolute Oof. kicking. Yeah. The script is weak and unrelenting. The stunts are unspectacular. The special effects are nothing you haven't seen before. But worst of all, there's the spectacle of Schwarzenegger glorying in the wonder of Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mick LaSalle did not like it at all. This Um, guy gave Click five stars, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And said it was the best American movie of that year. (laughs) That should be a caveat at the bottom of every single one of his reviews. Brackets... He did give Click five stars. Even back in 1993, and everyone's like, what the fuck's Click? (laughs) (laughs) Who's Adam Sandler? (laughs) (laughs) But it fared fared a bit better. Empire, Tom uh, Tom Hibbert from Empire gave it three out of five. Um, And then there was a a few positive ones knocking around. Desson Thompson from the Washington Post gave it seven out of ten. so yeah, there was a few oh. good ones knocking around, but on the whole, very much a. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thumbs down. I didn't just trump in the uh, in the audio. <laughs> Don't, we always try to keep it highbrow here on the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here on the part. Uh, well, that's really interesting. I really like these ones where either it appears to grow with time and gets more appreciated over time or there's a huge disparity between uh, critical reception and audience reception i love those because it obviously you know i like exploring that and talking it through with you guys because it obviously makes for an interesting discussion and this is really interesting actually this one because i found this like so ahead of its time in a lot of ways this film actually one of the things what jumped out for me definitely yeah um trying to do something that that i don't think audiences were ready for whatsoever I don't think. 
No, no, because he's totally... And they say that um, part of the reason for the disappointing box office, a theory that's been uh, posited, is that a lot of um, Schwarzenegger's fans did not appreciate their hero effectively spoofing himself as well as the action genre that had made him great. Right, so that's right. what they talked about there. That's why people didn't turn up because obviously it was a PG thirteen. It won't have been an R rated movie, which is what he, he normally does. And he seems to be taking the yeah, mick yeah. out of the action for, uh, action genre. Oh, but they just didn't go. You know, God, incels were so no, much so- more such a higher caliber of incel back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this was cause this was uh, this was like the first film where Arnie sort of had a. Um, had an involvement in across the board, didn't he? Because he produced it as well. Yes, yeah. So he yeah, was obviously yeah. like really sort of proud of the fact he was sending himself up. Yeah, and because he is just taking the piss out of himself. Though absolutely, yeah. definitely, through the definitely. film. Sometimes you know, sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I'm with you, Rob. I, I, the one of the things I did notice was it is ahead of its time in terms of the idea. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought it would, it might have even been ahead of its time for. The filmmakers as well, because I think you're right. The, yeah, because not yeah, everything like, lands either, does it? Yeah, the the idea I think is really really great, and I just mm. maybe it wasn't quite there on how to spoof Hollywood to spoof themselves. I don't think they can yeah. do it very well. Well, yeah, well according no, I know to, what you mean. It's not a comedian director, is it? You know, it's not like no. a Rob Reiner or anything like that. It's John McTiernan who's made you know the best action movie <laughs> yeah. of all time, and then the maybe the second or third best action film of all time it's in true. Predator. Yeah, McTiernan so, going into yeah. this, you know. Yeah, really interesting stuff, this. James, you were going to say something, I think? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the possible problems with the film is that you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Shane Black, and uh, John McTiernan as the three main players who aren't well known for whimsical family comedy, to be <laughs> It's not really operating in their wheelhouse. Uh, But Shane Black says that he hated working on this project. Like, he enjoyed the initial writing of the script, and I assume the paycheck that he received for it, but he then claims that it was rewritten by every writer in Hollywood, which is why it's probably a bit all over the place. It just kept on going through rewrite after rewrite. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. I think it was a very... um, it was a very tortured production. They were still filming a week before it was its world premiere. So, like, they're still actually that, that, I mean, that yeah. is crazy. That is it had bad, an absolute it, shocker that? of a screener, didn't it? Like, a month or two before release. So, they, it was all panic stations to try and sort of fix it. And, you know, I'm sure there are films what have had that happen to them and come out the other end successful. Yeah. But more often than not, it just, the yeah. whole test thing is just so. It's just such nonsense to me, like how they just they all panic and you know try and too many cooks and it's just a bit of a hodgepodge yeah, yeah. of of things and you know it kind of shows I think yeah. on this one yeah sadly because I think there's a it's got oh yeah, there's some great it's, stuff it's in really here, though, good I idea think, there's yeah. some really good stuff right yeah hi I'm Court Dunn and I'm the host of the Writer Experience Podcast. A weekly podcast where we talk to writers and creative professionals about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Our guests include comic book writers, screenwriters, novelists, TV writers and showrunners, poets, and actors. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And of course, on the Flickering Myth Podcast Network at flickeringmyth.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you there.
Do we want a quiz, yeah. gentlemen? Would we like a quiz? Ooh. Oh, yes, yes we I, do. Every time. Let's do this. Yes. Oh. Right. So we've been talking director there a little bit and the creative team behind behind the film. So which all-time great director was offered this movie but turned it down? Oh, oh, oh Spielberg. Uh, see, uh, Spielberg. I, yes. That- you, yeah, yeah, you're both right. <laughs> you are both right yes. on that. So Steven Spielberg was offered the chance to direct this movie, but he made Schindler's List instead. So who wins? <laughs> I mean, you decide, really. <laughs> Quite tonally different. That other pastiche on uh, action, nineties <laughs> <90s> action movies. <laughs> okay, uh, so next question. So um, the character of Benedict, who's the film's villain, is played by Charles Dance. But who was offered the role initially? Kurt Russell. I've heard a few things on this. I'm going to go with uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman is correct. Yes, so Whoa! apparently Alan Rickman, the part was written for Alan Rickman and offered to him, but he turned it down because the salary wasn't sufficient. So apparently Charles <laughs> Dance on the set wore a T-shirt on set which read, I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman, which is <laughs> What a legendary story. Yes. Awesome. Uh, so, right, final question. What is the body count of this film? Oh. oh, he mentions it, doesn't he? He says it at the end. 48. Have you been... That's in That's in Jack Slater 4, though, because uh, that's the new one. Ah. Uh, uh, oh, no. 83. You've looked this up. 83 is correct. <laughs> 83 is correct. 80, I, I don't was... remember that many people dying in it. That's amazing. I knew... I knew sorry, James. I knew it was 80-something, but uh, I didn't know it was actually 83. You stay off the goddamn IMDb trivia page. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. don't know what you're talking about. It's knowledge, mate. Right, forget that's it, that's amazing. ruined. <laughs> you, know, you put all this time and effort into coming up with these questions and then someone goes and looks up the answers before we record. Outrageous. Sorry, James. Eighty-three people died in this film, and they they still hoped it would be like a PG PG thirteen. That's incredible. Well, it wasn't incredibly hopeful, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, dearie me. So we know what films came out around the time. It had stiff competition. Nineteen ninety-three was a pretty good old year for cinema. Right from the beginning of this film, we are in um, that sort of fantasy action land and I'm finding it absolutely glorious from the beginning um this sort of it's like got this vintage action look and feel I know it's and it's um it's a pastiche we're watching essentially it's the start of Jack's end of Jack Slater 3 is that right that is correct yes excellent excellent and um it's a, a standoff at the bottom of some uh sort of a building and something's going on at the top of it. There's a hostage situation on top of it. And um, Jack Slater arrives and his intro is, is just total gleeful sending up pastiche of himself. Oh, it's it? lovely. And did you notice wh- what time of year the siege was taking place at, given that this is a Shane Black movie? Christmas. Was it Christmas? It's taking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the over-the-top police chief says, what a way to spend Christmas. <laughs> Before... <laughs> Can we can we have a little moment for the over the top uh, police chief there? That is um, Lieutenant Decker is his name. He's played by Frank oh, yeah, McRae, so um, who was Sh- Sharky Sharky from <laughs> License to Kill, uh, the the best Bond film ever made. 
Yeah, because so James went on going back to the quiz question of who was uh, slated to play uh, Benedict. The other one was Timothy Dalton. Apparently, Timothy Dalton oh, had been cast, right. and then it, it, oh. he couldn't do it for whatever reason. Like it was kind of a last-minute removal. So it was also Timothy Dalton is was rumored to be on the uh, thing. Oh. And there's the well, link to, to to the the Luta, the angry quickly spoken lieutenant decker who who slipped in an f-bomb as well in the pg he did didn't he he did yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's saying too much at the same time (laughs) um yeah it's ridiculous um yeah arnie comes in his outfit in this is it is iconic this is a good outfit here um you know my love of outfits boys (laughs) um and this, the, the fact that it's it's knowingly trying to create an iconic action outfit with the red T-shirt, the big belt buckle, the the jeans, uh, you know, nice crisp Levi jeans, snakeskin boots, <laughs> snakeskin boots, and a, and the a, boots a, are a brown suede jacket. The boots are incredible, and you first see them like stomping across police cars as he enters the scene. It's so good. Do, do you know what we should do? We we should have an offshoot of like you know, like on uh, on clothing websites where it's like or like glossy uh, gossip magazines where it's like get the look and yes! we sort of have an offshoot and sort of where to buy the the outfits of all these people <laughs> how to look like jack slater oh <laughs> snakeskin boots from top man <laughs> <laughs> oh can we then you know if, if that's what we're talking about can we at least have a section where you can get the look for under 25 pounds yes like a really oh yeah yeah version. definitely without a doubt <laughs> i would insist on that price cut <laughs> <laughs> and that way you know every you've got like a go-to resource for every fancy dress party ever you can get the look spot on for under 25 you're just coming up as random guys in boots though like that'd be our whole thing like <laughs> oh look at me now i'm jack burton oh now i'm chance boudreau you just look like a bum in double denim yeah that's the character no no one would ever no one would ever mistake that because I'll put a link into snake bit and mullets as well. So you wouldn't be there with a normal haircut, don't worry. We wouldn't leave you high and dry like that at all. <laughs> Speaking of amazing haircuts, Arnie's got a good one, but wait, is that Tina Turner? Yes. Oh I I was drinking I, I, I spat out my uh, cup of tea when Tina Turner rocked up and she loved it. She was uh, really oh, enjoying she's herself. Brilliant. She was the mayor. I didn't know she but she yeah, was the, the mayor. The mayor. <laughs> Superb, absolutely superb, um, and, and uh, it's, it's, this is really good looking. For, you know, at nineteen ninety three, this is really good looking filmmaking at this point in time. You know, this is McTurnan sending himself up yeah. as well here. But I mean, yeah. Arnie's looking and the absolute so Hollywood, business. It? it is, yeah, really, really good. Um, and then we're all oh, Rob. Just this, while we're um, um, if I can just cut in there. Sorry, while we're discussing the look of the film, this was shot it, by go a gentleman it, called uh, Dean Semler. So he's got loads of credits, oh. and he shot a lot of Adam Sandler movies, including the aforementioned no Click. So welcome back to the podcast, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? What a man! Welcome back. And uh, we love having old old uh, alumni. We've on got the a show, few in so, this film. Uh, welcome. <laughs> We oh, we definitely do. Do we definitely do? That's amazing. Um, because the movie looks great. I think like um, you know, we're not there yet. But you know, when we get into the real world yeah. bit and it's all horrible and rainy, all that, I'm feeling Blade Runner there. I mean, that's a stretch, but filthy New York, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it it looks uh, great. Uh, yeah, but Dean S- S- Sandler is a really good cinematographer. He also shot Apocalypto, which is a great movie. 
Oh. Yeah, I mean, Mel Gibson is, is he's a, a great director, movie. a terrible human, but a great director. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I've totally forgotten. Can I just uh, leave this where it is? But I've forgotten one of my worst ever trips to the cinema. I'm just going to, I've got a crowbar this in right now. It's when I went to see The Passion of the Christ. And um, someone absolutely lost their marbles halfway through and started screaming, he did it for you! He died for you! He died for you! And you! You down there, he died for you! And we, like, they had to literally stop the screaming to get this woman out. It was unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. So I've never forgotten. She did it on every every screening that week. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah. There. It was every... heavy going, you know. Uh, anyway, The sorry. reason that cinema still exists is because of her, because she bought up every single show. Oh, so... Fast oh, so sorry. You know, it was at the uh, the Regal Cinema in Lancaster, and it's since been turned into a block. <laughs> so, okay. oh, yeah. Damn. Probably Maybe because. Yes. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Speaking of people dying for other people, um, on the rooftop here, um, uh, Jack, Jack, sorry, Arnie, Jack, Jack, uh, what's Jack Slater? His son is there with a guy. What's this villain's name? I did miss. He's called the. Uh, he's called the Reaper, isn't he? The oh right, yeah, yes, the Ripper. Yeah. The Ripper is it? The Ripper. Ripper, yeah, sorry, Ripper. Ripper, yeah. Now he he did scare me. This is one of the thing. One of the most memorable things for me on this film is him, his character, yeah, because he did scare the bejeebus out of me. When yeah, I was younger. yeah. He's a bit of a horrible villain, isn't he? He's played by Tom Noonan from Manhunter. He plays the Tooth Fairy in Manhunter, so he's 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 got a good he's got a good uh, line in Creepy Bastards. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> yeah, I mean he is, and his um, I love him. He looks like he's from Lord of the Rings, and also, but like a mix between Lord of the Rings and the villain from I Know What You Did Last yes. Summer. <laughs> yeah, such a, he's got a great big axe and a, and like a, a fisherman's yeah. slicker. It's, yeah, it's, it's really a heck like of creepy, a look. Creepy prosthetics and all of Yeah, yeah, it's such a great look. And he's holding Jack Slater's son um, and, um, yeah, his son buys the farm. Well, we don't find that out <laughs> until later, Rob. Spoilers. No, oh, no. Oh, do we not? Spoilers, no, because do we not? He, Oh no! It goes oh, out yes. of focus, of doesn't right. it? And then we see that we're does, actually yeah. with Danny, who's played by Austin O'Brien, watching the film. That's right. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I got. Um, the, I, I'm feeling like all the budget is there. I mean, what was it? Eighty-five. Million, oh, it's on the screen. We're yeah, seeing yeah. some serious. Yeah, it's all there. And then when we move into the cinema, we've got that um, amazing. Um, you know, the cinema itself is an incredible building. Incredible. Cinema. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Mm. But it, it it we we were saying how ahead of its time it is in terms of like what they're sort of sending up and what the pastiches of, but then also it's like you know showing that cinemas are on their ass and they're like yeah yeah falling out of favor with people and you know because that cinema which Danny goes to and he's best mates with a projectionist and it's sort of you know it's quite well known now that cinemas are sort of suffering a bit and are a bit on the way out and like that cinema you just said Rob with the shouty woman at <laughs> it's true it's you know true. cinemas like that are, are are going nowadays so that's right yeah it's even in, in that sense as well to to have the foresight of all that sort of stuff yeah projectionists man old that's proje- it, crazy yeah. projectionists that they don't no. exist anymore yeah I loved Not, incidentally the, the lovely projectionist was played by Robert Prosky who was Grandpa Fred in Gremlins <laughs> absolutely love it <laughs> so nice to see see him it's the biggest ever cinema he's the only person that works there he's got a ticket that was given to him from, by Houdini 
Um, you know, eBay, that thing. Oh, it's 1993. <laughs> yeah. Might save his cinema if he sold it. But... <laughs> Car boot sale. That's yeah. all he's got. <laughs> Seriously. And there's, but people have been in and spray painted all up the walls of this amazing building. And um, I've literally put, it's an amazing, amazing building, but quite creepy stuff with the old geezer at the yes. cinema. <laughs> Biggest ever, ever cinema. It's quite, quite creepy. And he invites him to a midnight show. I mean, it is. Well. It's Again, just I'm not a... sure. This would fly. It's to catch a predator, <laughs> nineteen ninety three, isn't it? He just loves the magic of cinema. He There's does. He does. Sinister about it. it was the nineties. <laughs> um, I'm getting the impression as well here that all the actors are having the time of their lives. Where there is. Oh, I mean, you've every also got one of them, yeah. uh, Joan Plowright is in there, who was Martha in Dennis the Menace, uh, Walter Matthau's wife. So lovely to see her. Um, but there's so much self-reference going on here and deliberate sort of silliness and sometimes things aren't making sense um it, and that's in both parts of the film world and it's like it's sending itself up right it is it? yeah yeah it's absolutely what i find is there's a bit too much there's almost too much excess a lot of the time like a lot of the jack slater yeah. stuff before you actually get into the the main thrust of the story where uh, danny appears in the back of his car during a car chase yeah. So those scenes go on for like five or six minutes. Like, this isn't actually a real movie, this bit. You know, like the setup with Benedict and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, come on, let's cut to the chase yeah, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> really? I do. I've got that in my, in my notes here. I've just got, it's, it's taking way too long for the yeah. kid to get into the movie world because that's kind of. It doesn't of what need to take, yeah. It, we're it is, waiting it is for. too long overall, isn't it? You know, and I do love that. I love the, the Hamlet yeah, yeah, yeah. trailer. Oh, that's like, amazing. That Hamlet's Hamlet. brilliant, yeah. That's really good. It's like, he's got to take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would go to sea Hamlet. in a heartbeat. I, I, re- I do really. Does he, does he spark up a cigar yeah, he as does, well? Yeah. <laughs> he does, he does, yeah. yeah. And he's got like, uh, he has guns as well and all. <laughs> it's, the look of Hamlet's amazing, isn't it? it that is, bleached yeah. out look. Yeah, it's great. Really, yeah. really but, but, cool. Like, like that, what, this is 93. I, you know, I'm sure yeah. it wasn't the first film to do, like, the spoofy trailer thing. But, you know, when when's Tropic Thunder and uh, the Grindhouse films, like, years yeah, and yeah. years later yeah, yeah. doing that. You know, and, and this is what I'm sort of saying, where maybe it was a two ahead of its time for the film industry and filmmakers because they could have just made a bunch of fake trailers to go before the film. Yeah. And it saves yeah, half yeah. an hour then. You know, saves half an hour. Because <laughs> it does take... So long for you to just, it's like, all right, get on with it, you know. Bleep. Yeah. Go in the bloody cinema, go in the movie. There's, get there's a lot of uh, weird tonal stuff going on in this first half an hour because, like, obviously, uh, Danny is a um, is the only child of a of a single working mum who has to go out and work nights mm. to provide for him, and the randomly gets burgled by some guy at knife point when his mum goes <laughs> out. Crackhead, yeah. 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 And I was certain that yeah. was a dream sequence. No, no, that really happened. I'll tell you what was most shocking about yeah. it, though, is that he's, go- he's he's waiting up because he's going to go back at midnight to see the new Jack Slater movie with his mate, who definitely isn't a paedophile in the projection booth. Right. <laughs> um, and so he's waiting up. He's about to go out. He gets He gets mugged in his own house. This is at 10 past 11, I think. He's down the police station and out by 10 to 12. That is an efficient police service there. <laughs> <laughs> and the police just Perfect. let him go home, don't get his mum to come and pick him up or anything. <laughs> no, uh, you know, which which world is more unrealistic? The film world that he ends up in or the, <laughs> the one that's depicted as the real one? <laughs> <laughs> the real world. But 
I, I just think in what's supposed to be a children's movie, you shouldn't really have the main child actor being held at knife point by a by a burglar in the quite middle of dark, night. isn't it? There's a, it there's is a way, there's dark, a way yeah. to show his. There's a way to show where he lives is a bit sketchy. You know, just have some like gunshots in the distance or he hears a commotion or something like that don't actually have a crackhead it's a bit heavy it's a bit heavy but that's the product of multiple rewrites that because that never comes back again it's yeah. never called back to at all like no, because it, it, what one bit does one bit does with the handcuff kick oh yeah yeah that's it oh yes yeah. yeah. so, I mean, but it's a, you could have found another another way to give him a handcuff key yeah, you know, he, exactly. could, he could have just gone to the police station to report something on the way there. And one of those gunshots he heard in the distance, for example, and he could have seen, you know, he could have been a bit of a scamp and nicked the handcuff key there, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who anyway. knows? <laughs> anyway, it's, it seems like an elaborate way to end up, and a bit of a harrowing way to get, a ki- you know, a kid a handcuff key. But anyway, anyway, he goes to the, the movie, the, the premiere of Slater 4, um, which opens with... Uh, it's well it pans down to the screen and and him sitting there it is a huge screening room there's a huge cinema i mean it's two tiers it's monstrous it's and then it opens with megadeth <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> IMAX. and then it opens with megadeth and it's such a good tune uh, as we pan <laughs> towards benedict's house it's amazing um, and the actors are acting like that. It's brilliant. Dance is there. Oh, he's uh, having the time of his life, Charles Dance, in this really movie. Is, isn't he? Charles Dance loves it, doesn't he? He's got the tone yeah. of this movie. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's having a lovely old time. He's a ham sandwich and he's completely doing it on purpose. <laughs> he really, really is. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's Jack Slater's favourite second cousin that they're interrogating. Which is brilliant. It's, again, it's, it's such a great joke. such a right? brilliant person. It is, yeah. Um, and he goes, so we end up at their house, don't we? And the cops are, have been given a tip off that there's a drug drug dealer in there or something like that. Yeah. And they, they roll up there to go in. And um, <laughs> Jack Slater arrives with two massive bags of groceries. Uh, this is the home of my second cousin, <laughs> favourite second cousin. Um, and it... it it explodes in a massive explosion. Yeah. <laughs> that explosion is actually taken from the last Boy Scout. That house is blown oh. up. You know, when Bruce Willis's house blows up at the yeah. start of the last Boy Scout, that's, yeah, it's reused from that. It must have been added in at the last well. minute or something so they didn't have time to shoot oh. their own explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's bodies pinging everywhere. You know, Jack Slater <laughs> flies miles, you know. And it's it's, again, it's done, it's on purpose, isn't it? It's, OTT on purpose, and then the mortal line from the um, the cop in the trees. You know, I was just two days from retirement. Oh, and that is, you know, every cliche is getting ironed out here. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, because it's so knowing in doing it as well. Like it's all it is, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole my favorite second cousin thing is just so Shane Black yeah. in terms of sending up that action. Uh, those yeah, action yeah. tropes like how many so if we're on the fourth one how many of Jack Slater's family will the baddies have been through by this point that we're down to his <laughs> yeah, favourite exactly. he's got no one left <laughs> uh, I was wondering at this point like because I'm beginning to because I'm really enjoying it but I'm wondering why this flopped why audiences well audiences did take to it in the end to a degree but why did critics not like this and is it because is it, is it? You know, we've we've speculated whether it's too ahead of its time. But is it? 
why do you think? Because we've we've gone from the film world, we've gone from Jack Slater's world, we've gone to the mo- the, the the sort of the real world in inverted commas that's depicted, and we're we're swaying all over the sense in terms of tone. Is it just too ambitious for people? I this? think so. Yeah, I think it's not consistent in the tone. Like it doesn't know. Yeah. I think it. You know, we talked about earlier when we we're doing the quiz. Um, you know, if someone like not Sp- Spielberg wouldn't have done this movie, but someone with that sort of, um, so so someone like Spielberg, or I also read that Robert Zemeckis was potentially going to be involved. Right, someone who's right. got that, you know, adventure movie sort of background, and you know, and understands that tone of that movie. I think it yeah. would have been a lot more level, but it sounds to me like it was just constant reshooting, rewriting of the script that you end up with a hodgepodge in that. It's a it's a yeah. film made by committee rather than by a singular vision. Everyone's yeah, chucking yeah. in their two cents. Yeah, I think it shows as well. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, I think that like I do think the idea is like really good, but it's just the way it's just executed, and it, you can it, it just reeks of too many cooks. Yeah. And, and no clear vision. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like McTiernan's fault. I wouldn't say it's no, no, not Shane Black's fault or who else wrote it or the the cast. Because, you know, you can clearly see that everyone involved is, you know, it look, well, it, 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 it at least looks like they're all having a ball. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's just a shame that it just it just falls a bit short in terms of, you know, the, the bar it's set for the idea and, you know, the execution of it doesn't quite reach it, I don't think. Yeah. It does in places, I think. Yeah. By by this point, we're quite you know we know that um, you know even the jokes might be a bit too smart for their own good as well because they get right. lost in this yeah like quite basic idea. But you've got you know like the second cousin joke and the, there's a few other jokes dotted in there. What are actually really really good jokes? Yeah, um, like all the self referential stuff with Arnie is all really funny. Yeah, and Schwarzenegger. Does it performs it all really well he's as good. well? Like, yeah, I you know, think he's, he's not good. known for he's not known for being a particularly good actor, but you know he's 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 actually really good in this. To you know, being a a, a joke on himself. I like, agree. He, yeah. he does his mottos and he's trying to catch Daddy out, and he's like, "Oh, you did know I was going to say that." <laughs> <laughs> all that sort of stuff's really. It really is good. good. Yeah. It, is it good. almost gets too convoluted when it's in the movie world. I find it's and. And this is where the rewrites are most apparent for me. Is they just seem to be piling stuff on top. Like, let's do this as an idea, and let's do this. And look, yeah, one of the cops can be a cartoon cat. Why not? We're in a movie world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. by Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean, and is some of the dialogue is? Do you think it's deliberately stilted and clunky in the movie world? I yes, think it is. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. even the action in the movie world, it becomes it's supposed to be over the top and bombastic, but yeah. it's almost like too much of a good thing. Like yeah. you know, once they set up the rules of the movie world, is that like there's no blood at all. Nobody ever bleeds in the movie world at all. Expl- yeah, yeah. Everyone who hits everything, they explode. They fly miles into the air. You know, no yeah. one be only the baddies die and stuff like that. You know, so you're not really feeling any jeopardy at all. Yeah. At that stage, yeah, no, no, um, no, you know, it's just it's just trying to be fun, but it's almost too much of a good yeah. thing. So, so are we saying that it it tried this and it came, it, it pulled it off in parts, but it didn't pull it off enough to get over to an audience who perhaps wasn't ready for it? Yeah, I think it's probably just potentially that a lot of a lot of critics might have just seen it as quite self-indulgent, I think, in terms yeah, of yeah. there is a little bit of a smugness when you do send yourself up in that yeah, sense, I think. Definitely. 
and you know Shane Black made a, a film that's not exactly the same as this, but deals with similar, has a similar sort of tone when he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which yeah. is almost like a movie within a movie. And you know, I think when you're executing it at a certain level, it it works a lot better. But yeah. with this, I think maybe maybe critics weren't willing to give credit to uh, Arnold for having the self awareness to be able to send up his persona. In yeah, such yeah. a way. Yeah, no, maybe that's right. Yeah. But I honestly think it's a tone thing because who's it for? You know, it's a bit that's I think it's too I've violent for children and it's not it's not fun enough for the adults who would have gone to see Schwarzenegger movies back in the early nineties. That's mm. right. Uh, it's not yeah. Doesn't know what its audience is. Yeah, do you think it almost might have pissed off Hollywood a bit as well? Because it does take a lot of digs at Hollywood. It does, general. yeah, and Hollywood culture. And maybe the maybe the you know, some you know portions of the industry itself were like alright mate <laughs> like, <laughs> steady on Arnie yeah. kidding me yeah <laughs> we made you yeah yeah taking a piss out for me I'm glad that this is I'm one of those people who likes it when something's been attempted I don't mind if it fails oh, yeah. heroically so I'm glad this exists for sure you know yeah it's uh, good yeah. and I mean, stuff oh, like yeah, this I'm yeah, glad yeah. I'm glad they tried it you know because for me it's like um it's like a curio, this one. You know, it's like a lost antique that yeah. it, it was something that, that could have been so special but didn't quite make it. You know what I mean? It's it's like finding something at a car boot sale, you know. Like like the analogy at the start, you know, about trawling for, you know, gems. It's it's <laughs> one of those, it's like coming up with a weird species, like a fish that's got two heads. Like, oh, you're almost brilliant, but you're not quite there back in the sink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, well, then, and then we're in this... Um, this brilliant um, car chase that this is what pulls Danny into the, into the movie because a, a big like block of, well, no a big, like, I don't know, a spool of dynamite ends up in the cinema. Um, yeah. In the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, um, you know, we never found out quite what happened to that. It, I mean, it, it blew up and threw him into the screen, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. That's an inconsistency. That's a logic thing that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because the bullets clearly work in when later in the film, Jack exactly, Slater and yeah. the baddies, make it into the real world. The bullets and things from the film world do work, so that theatre shouldn't be standing when they come It shouldn't back. be at all. It shouldn't be at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then uh, can I just get a quick shout-out to Al Leong, who was an uncredited gunman in this sequence. Uh, he, <laughs> I thought that was yeah, him. Yeah, he's there. I thought that was Again, him. I recognise his goatee and wispy hair. It only anyway. adds to the sheer weight of what these guys did in Hollywood. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Al Leong is one of the, um, the um, Eastern henchmen in... Um, Big Trouble in Little China, folks. If you've not yeah, listened the to that Kong, one, the wing, yeah, like the yeah. Head wing but Kong, in the last episode, we we posed the the question that these guys, you know, there's only a handful of these guys, and they've worked with absolutely everyone. And here's one of them working with Arnie. So case closed. Yeah. And then they go to a. Oh no, actually, they end up in um back in uh, the sort of the drainage trench that they were in in T two. Yeah, the L A River. That That's is. it. Yeah, the L A River. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. After ta- after taking a left at Nakatomi Plaza, which is uh, off in the distance as well. Did you see oh, that? Oh, is that what I missed? That amazing. Yeah, yeah, the big skyscraper. So, so there are cool. nods everywhere, Aww. and then they come out of the L A River and go past a hundred different Coke trucks, which is a very uh, yeah broad uh, product placement gag, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, that's that's enjoyable as well. Yeah, I mean, I love all this stuff. I love all these little yeah. in jokes. They're great fun, but whether that's it's not enough to make a compelling narrative, but I'm enjoying no. all the little yeah, side gags. 
I agree with you, man. And they end up at a um, the police station, and there's Catherine Trammell, played by Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct. There's a T100 there, and did, was that Ferris Bueller as well? Was Ferris Ooh, Bueller? I didn't, I didn't spot him. I th- I, but we I must welcome Robert Patrick back to the uh, back Robert to the Patrick. And and also, um, I think can we say he's a fan of the pod, having retweeted it? Yes. Yeah, he's a fan of the pod. Welcome back. <laughs> no, he he messaged us. Oh, he did. He did yeah. yeah. Uh, he, it was like a quote. Yeah, it was, it was great. Ah. Oh. It got us no extra listeners. Oh, I know. Did absolutely <laughs> nothing. We love you, Robert like, Patrick. We, we enjoyed it. Nothing for the numbers. Nobody always else did, but we enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, it's this. It's again, it's a pastiche of um, a, a cop station, isn't it? Yeah, but w- turned up to eleven, basically. Like, yeah. yeah. But this is where, like, I get a bit confused, and like you said, James, it getting a bit convoluted because is this just one specific film, or is it every film ever made? Yeah. Is the whole thing like the studio system of movies? Because it is very weird how all these characters are just like floating around. It, it, and it's as if he's not gone into a movie. He's yeah. gone into every movie ever made. Yeah. It's it, and that's for me where I'm just like, oh, what's that? You what know, am like, I watching? Like Roger Rabbit. Yeah. That's like exactly what they're trying to do. But the rules yeah. haven't been set up correctly. Yeah. Like yeah. you're supposed to be in the Jack Slater universe, but then suddenly someone, either an exec or someone. Uh, on the creative team has gone. Oh shit! But Jack Slater is a completely fictional universe, and there's where's the fun? You know, like why? Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if it's just throwing stuff at the wall? Wouldn't it be cool if the T one thousand showed up? And I mean, yeah, you've got yeah, you've got Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct turning up. Like that's for the dads, isn't it? Because no kids <laughs> have seen Basic Instinct. I hope not. Anyway, like, <laughs> bit of blue foot dads. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and, and I get, you know, they um, they make him his partner. The kid becomes uh, his partner. Sharky from License to Kill. Um, obviously, again, paperwork, scant regard for that. But they get that's the whole point here, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And um, they're off to a video store where you can see all the all the top guys' big movies are there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, again, it's all fun gags like um, Sylvester Stallone as the T eight hundred in Terminator Two Judgment oh, Day yeah, and whatever yeah. you would like. But now we're into like fifteen or twenty minutes of Danny just trying to convince Jack Slater that his world is not real and that yes. it's actually a movie world. Yeah. Um, and that goes on too long. I mean, it, it, it's fine, but, it, it, you know, I'm like, come on, cut to the chase, cut to the chase. This movie could be 20 minutes short, easy. No yeah. problem at all. You could take Without 20 question, minutes off yeah. this. Without question. Um, and they they end up going to um, his daughter's house, who's played by Bridget Wilson-Sampras. And uh, Sonia, Blade. Sonia Blade is there, yeah. And she opens the door by... Uh, kissing the boy. Yes. Bit weird for me, that. <laughs> yeah, so she thought he was, because um, it's a bet for a sorority that she's in, isn't it? So it's like an initiation thing, like some dweeby kid is going to come to the door. Yeah. And when when skeezy. he comes, she's supposed skeezy. to lay... Yeah, he's literally called Skeezy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when he comes to the door, she's supposed to lay a smacker on him and she just assumes that's him. But he's obviously got a crush on her, so that's the joke there. But yeah, he's about what? How old is he supposed to be in this movie? What, 12? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, what, surely the, give, the giveaway that she shouldn't be doing it was when she had to bend down almost double to, to reach him. That should have been a bit of a giveaway yeah. that he shouldn't be kissing the kid. And then we get introduced, don't we? Sorry, I jumped the gun before, to the awful backstory where... Uh, Jack Slater's kid was dragged off the roof when he shot the Ripper. Yes, which was 
it's just I'm not supposed to find it funny, but I am howling laughing. I'm, I am. I'm, yeah, because in this universe, franchise, the third movie in the Jack Slater franchise ends with the hero's kid being dragged off the roof by a serial killer as he's plugged with bullets. <laughs> and he's wearing a lovely jumper with a like lovely white shirt, crisp, you know, button-down shirt poking out the top, lovely mop hair going, ooh, off the back of a roof. And I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm finding it too funny. I can't help it. Because it's not real. Like, you can laugh at anything that's not real. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, and they track uh, them down there. I mean, again, there's, there's quite a lot of plotty bits in here that I'm not really following. It's not important, is it? It's just taking too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's that, that for me is like, come on, get on with it. Like, Charles Dance shows up and does a bit of hamming yeah. about and eating scenery and having all. a lovely old time. And it's like, right, we know where this is going. Get into the real world. Come on. Now, yeah, like, yeah. let's get moving. We've had mean. our fun. But no, no, there's a huge, huge action set piece now up on the, uh, the most inappropriate place to have a funeral ever, up on the top of the <laughs> screen. No, I'm, I am crying watching this. It's it's so good. I, I think it's like, it's on purpose so far-fetched and stupid, isn't it? But it is so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. But is, is it like a mobster's funeral or something? Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think people so. with guns. But then the best one when uh, Arnie's like, because the, the corpse has got a bum in it, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. His, yeah. Name yeah. his name was Fart. His name was Fart, wasn't it? Yeah, and, then, and then Arnie's trying to like uh, get get him out and he pretends the, the corpse is still alive and he puts on that like, and goes, help me, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this man is still go. alive. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> creasing at that oh. point. Just like Arnie just being an absolute imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> and it working to a degree as well. Like, and then there's a bit oh, of a crane so and a helicopter, and God yeah. knows what else well, no, is going an, on. Like, an overweight pinstripe bedecked corpse is hung yeah. from a like a, a hook on a big giant demolition ball, <laughs> swinging it round, and I'm I'm howling, laughing. It's hilarious, and I'm thinking, but you can't. This isn't a PG thirteen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. they say he's corpse. Yeah, and the whole thing is, the whole sequence is centred around a fart gag, basically, it is, yeah. isn't it? Like, basically, yeah. Like, he's filled yeah. with nitrous gas or, or, or whatever, and he's going <laughs> he's gonna to let off and kill everyone at the funeral. <laughs> Americans love fart jokes, uh, yeah. don't they? Like, just the... you know, they're not the only ones, boys. <laughs> but this is it. In this film, we've had the, the young protagonist potentially being groomed, held at knife point, and then we've got a lovely little caper around a around a corpse with a... <laughs> with C4 in the chocolate store. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what's going on. Like It's like schizophrenic filmmaking. It's just jumping from one tone to the next. It's crazy stuff. Uh, it is. Again, like a, another like really good joke where uh, he falls in the tar pit. Oh yeah, um, Schwarzenegger, and he, he gets out, and then he, he just goes over to. There's just like a, a roll of kitchen yeah. paper just conveniently there, and then it cuts forward, and he's just wiping it off, and he's dead pristinely <laughs> clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts away and comes back again, and he's his clothes are now pristinely clean because he's just like. Really, that's a really good it joke. Is really, yeah. It's just brilliant. so lost kid, because you just like the rest of the it. The kid mentions it, doesn't he? He said, like, I would have thought that'd have been stickier. <laughs> you know, yeah, tar like usually that. sticks to people. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, anyway, after the carnage at the funeral, um, they get fired by the over-the-top police chief. Yeah. They go back to Jack Slater's apartment, which is hilarious, again, because like he, he, he goes into his bedroom and he just basically opens the covered door and there's a goon there who he knows, knew was going to be there and he kills him, right? <laughs> and he goes, how did you know he was going to be there? There's, all, there's already always somebody there. <laughs> it's and true. In his closet, he's just got all the same clothes, so all red T-shirts, all blue Levi's, all snakeskin boots and leather jackets. <laughs> he's, he's clearly been on our website and stocked up. I knew where he could get them from. Got as many as he could. Uh, can I just have a quick get the yeah, look. get the look. Can I just have a quick shout out when they're getting fired? Um, this my favourite effect in the movie was the black and white digitization of Bogart. Um, you yeah. know, do you remember that? Um, that was so. I, I found like I, that was so ahead of its time as well. Like that was like um, two pack at Coachella ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> so unbelievable. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, and and uh, sorry, back to like at the apartment, and they're saying like you know he breaks down, doesn't he? Not breaks down, yeah. but he starts revealing himself, like that all the action tropes are all put upon. You know, like his wife, his ex-wife calling him. He's like, no, no, I I have someone call. You know, I pay someone to call me to make it look like my ex-wife still wants me. You know, it's quite it's quite sad, you know, and it's yeah, it's it good. It's, a... it's like a really, uh, but Arnie's playing this really well. Yeah, I think he's good in this film. I, I, think, I enjoy it. He is. I think he's. he's <laughs> I got no issue with with his performance at all. He knows what he's making. He's he's enjoying it, and he always was quite passionate about trying to make comedies and do stuff yeah. that wasn't just gunning people down. And here he's having his cake and eating it essentially because he gets to gun a lot of folks down and crack a few jokes as well. And yeah. making himself the butt of the jokes as well, which is enjoyable. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, I think, um, and then you end up with this bit where um, I think this is the moment that this film sank for a lot of people. It's when Charles Dance breaks the fourth wall. I, yeah, so odd that, isn't it? It is a really, really peculiar moment, and you either go with it or you don't. If you decide you're not going to go with it, this film's done for you. You won't. You won't, you yeah. ain't going to go any further. It's very striking. I enjoyed it. I did too, but, but I bet in 1993, as an audience member, you were not ready for that at all. Yeah, because it's just undermining everything, isn't it? Like it is. Yeah, there's no real stakes at all in the whole movie. And then, no, at all. obviously they they transport into the real world, and then we suddenly start getting some stakes. And I think it's quite. I like the stuff in the real world where yeah. Arnie's the fish out of water more than the stuff that's in the movie yeah, world, yeah. to be honest. And I reckon when I was 14, I probably thought it was the other way around, but I can't remember. Because as yeah, I said, yeah. when I was 14, I thought it was the, this was the best film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you, you're right. Because I think like it feels like that movie world bit should have been sort of had its idea and done it quickly to then come into the real world stuff. Because watching it back now... It is. It's way the the most interesting stuff. Like the the villain becomes way better. Yeah. yeah. Because he becomes aware, and you know that his whole motive, where he's like, "Oh, I like this world because bad guys can win." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all that, you're a bit like, "Oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah." And then I guess that that sort of harkens back to the sketchy crackhead who robs Danny at the beginning. <laughs> you know, like the real world is pretty. It can be a really horrible yeah. place. Yeah. But it's like when uh, when Benedict like first comes out and he oh, he's trying to figure it's out brilliant, this film. what and he kills someone <laughs> and he's like, "Hey everybody, I've murdered someone." <laughs> this guy is killed. And then you just hear someone in the background like, 
Shut up down there. <laughs> it's like it's so good, isn't it? This guy has just murdered someone in cold blood in the street. Just this disgruntled man telling him to shut <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, uh, the way he does it is dance is so good at that scene. Like, I've just murdered yeah. a man down here. <laughs> it's it's actually my favourite part in the whole film. I think it might be right. It's so good, isn't it? I just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I shot yeah. a man and I want to confess. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, isn't it? That is so good. Uh, Nobody cares. There's like a guy across the street watching him do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, and then we're in the, you know, the, the sort of, Arnie ends up in the real world, following him, following him into the real world, and yeah. um, it's cool. This, all of a sudden, he's starts. not got. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, everything that was working in the movie world isn't working. Like yeah. he, everything hurts yeah. that he does. Basically, uh, he can't hit a. He couldn't hit a donkey's ass with a banjo. Now yeah, yeah. he's shooting at things. Like, he, he sh- things sh- aren't just exploding exactly, when he yeah. touches them. And this is <laughs> like, this is great. really good. I I would like this film to have done maybe um, half the amount of time it did in the Jack Slater world and cram all that in a lot more succinctly, but spend more time doing this. This is way more fun. Yeah, because then he's he's much better in this because he's really good at playing play, playing the fish out of water. Yeah. And then it actually has quite a good moral as well because he wants to go out and find Benedict who's yeah. running around real New York City. And this is when it comes back to being a kid's movie again now. So it's like... Where he, where Danny wants to give up, he's like, "Oh, it's not like in the movies. We can't just find the guy because he's not just going to be around the corner." And he tells mm. him that, you know, this is life is what you make of it, essentially, which is a great lesson for kids. But it's in this film where people are shooting each other every two seconds. <laughs> it's really weird. It's such a weird mishmash it is, of all it different is. styles going on. Yeah, it, it, and this is that thing, it doesn't quite know what it is because then we end up, the, the plot really is, it centres now around the Benedict brings back the Ripper from Slater 3 to kill... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, who himself <laughs> at the premiere of Jack Slater 4. Uh, and it's like it's the film within a film within a film, way ahead of its time. You know, Inception, take notes here, buddy. You, 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 you're playing with the <laughs> Yeah, Chris here. Nolan. <laughs> yeah, Chris Nolan. <laughs> Fucking amateur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then we've got that amazing um, premiere where there is the ultimate high five moment for for your reconsideration pod fans and co hosts. Go on, get it out. Who makes an appearance? Rob? It's JCVD. It's Van Damme. <laughs> he's been invited to the premiere, and he looks incredible in a tuxedo. And he's got, and oh, we all know that 1993 Hard Target came out this year as well. So he's got a big year coming this year as well. And it's so <laughs> nice to see a bona fide movie, movie star in Arnie recognizing another one in JCVD who looks amazing. And for me, he nearly steals the movie out from Arnie's name. <laughs> he doesn't even have a I line, thought, does he? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say Jim Belushi, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Chance Boudreaux shows up. In Last Action Hero to steal the movie from Jack Slater. That's the way. I, that's my reading of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this red, the, the red carpet bit. Yeah, like, it is all cool, those little it? like cameo interviews. But then Arnie and uh, his his real life wife. Not anymore. <laughs> well, not no, anymore. No, no. At the time. <laughs> And she's just like, don't plug the rest. Oh, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Really funny. <laughs> she's really good as well. Tell him, like, oh, it's just... Yeah. It's just they're, they're both really, really funny. And, and he's going like, oh, he's, you know, 
talking about the body count. And he's just got, yeah, we, we brought it down to 40, 46, because <laughs> get the PG-13. <laughs> and, then he, and then he inadvertently goes on to uh, Planet Hollywood. Yeah. And he talks about the restaurant, and she's like, no, no, get away. Get yeah. away. Come on, it's embarrassing. It's so good. Also swanning around at this point in time is uh, Death, played by Gandalf. Ian McKellen, and I don't really, I don't know why this seemed a bit all too much. I don't know why this was happening. So basically, Benedict's big plan, as far as I can understand it, is that he's gonna, he wants, or he wants to be in the real world because the baddies can win, and he's got all, going to get all the baddies from all the movies to come out and start wreaking havoc in the real world, and he ends up getting death out of the seventh seal to come and start <laughs> causing havoc. It doesn't make much sense, to be it perfectly honest with you. It doesn't at you all. You know what I mean. else doesn't make much sense is MC Hammer um, <laughs> accosting yeah. Arnie at the premiere and ask, and saying, come on, we've have, have I locked down the soundtrack for Jack's later fight? <laughs> Was his career not over by 1993? I don't know when did Don't Switch was coming out. I get a lovely nod. All really liking it, and I like it when the the, the ripper arrives at the theater, uh, the movie theater, and his agent's there, and he's like, "Oh, great!" You know, he's coming full, you know, maniac method mode again. <laughs> you know, he's with me. Oh no, you know, you could have at least got to. Does he kill him? Because yeah. like, it's sort of inferred, but you you don't, you don't see enough of it. He just looks at his axe, and then it cuts, and you're like. Has he just murdered him? Yeah, yeah. Again, but he did. There's a lot putting an axe murder into a kids' movie. It just doesn't work. (laughs) Because the end of the movie has become a slasher movie. It's become I know what you did last summer. And he is terrifying. Oh, absolutely. He is really scary. He's really scary. And we end up. He takes a bullet, doesn't he, Jack Slater? But because this is this is the the real world, it hurts, and he's going to perish. So they've got to get him back. Yeah, basically. So we go back basically to the start of the film because the Ripper has hold of Danny, doesn't he, yes, up on the yeah, rooftop yeah. and Jack Slater has to try and stop it. The same fate befalling Danny that befell his fictional son. Yeah. Who isn't fictional to him. He has a real life in the movie world. But uh, yeah, yeah. all the same anyway, he ends up getting shot and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's all just, everything's just coming together and death turns up and what have you. And he needs to get back to the cinema screen to go back in where the wound that he's, the gunshot wound would just be classed as a flesh wound at this stage. And it's all very convoluted and lots of different things going on and lots of moving parts. And I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. Not really, no. And and the stakes, as you say before, James, there aren't really any stakes. I mean, there's obviously Jack Slater's mortality um, in that he might die, but that's only the stakes as of, like right this second, you know, when he takes that ball. Yeah, yeah. The movie's not really building to anything at all. You know, it's ambling along in this in joke until Benedict decides he's going to try and kill, you know, free these movie characters to try and kill him at his premiere. Um, I can't even remember what happened to Benedict. What happened to him? He got shot in his eye. Right. He got shot in his exploding bomb eye and his head exploded. What? <laughs> how did I miss that? I mean, like, literally, what? How did I... I think it's, you know, maybe I was taking notes like, what now? What is going on now? <laughs> yeah, it sounds cooler than it actually was, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, it didn't make sense <laughs> because uh, Arnie was about three foot away from him and uh, they're, they're making this whole point of how in the real world, you know, things hurt and, yeah. you know, you can't, you will die. 
Um, and then you you see this humongous explosion, and you're like, all right, well, that would have killed Arnie on the roof. <laughs> he's all right. He's, I mean, he's, he's got a bullet in the chest, but he hasn't exploded. He's fine. That didn't harm him. He's all right. And then and then he's got Danny's got him in an ambulance and driving him to the cinema to hurl him back into the screen or whatever. Yeah. And does he gives him a bit of a speech, doesn't he? And it's quite tender between Danny and. Uh, Arnie at this point and there's a bit of a lesson on why we love movies you know movies need us to believe in them we need you know they need to be loved you know yeah yeah they'll love you back it's a, it's a quaint message again completely bungled and I don't know <laughs> who's the audience <laughs> for I don't know who's supposed to be appreciating this um and then he's back in the film world and they say goodbye it's, it's quite sad and touching and then yeah. this brilliant doctor comes along and, you know, they say, get some medical attention. And the doctor says, this is, I wouldn't even say this is a flesh wound. <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> Slater's up and he's, he's, you know, he's all right. And Danny's gone home again. And what does he do? Does he go back to live with his mum and try not to get murdered by crackheads? <laughs> I don't know. It's not like his life's improved through this experience. No. <laughs> well, hopefully he's learned a nice lesson along the way that you yeah. can be shot and killed, <laughs> and that what happens in the movies doesn't really count in real life. Although it does, doesn't it? Because Arnie, Jack Slater is an action hero when he's in the real world as well, just not in the same sense. He's just more fallible, but he's still yeah. doing all his action man stuff. He still saves the day. Yeah, so yeah, is that yeah. the lesson? Like, it's it's it, what yeah, you maybe. choose to be? I, I don't know. It could be. I mean, <laughs> I think the, the lesson he'll, he'll take mainly from this is that um, when the... Uh, the local creepy elderly projectionist invites you to a midnight screening and gives you a magic ticket. Don't accept. Don't, don't accept. It was the 90s. <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> I do feel um, we've gone in two-footed on this poor projectionist. And just, you know, <laughs> providing a, it's a, it's a role that providing you don't an see anymore, excellent customer it? experience to his only patron at that cinema. <laughs> Yeah, he even puts the uniform on that doesn't fit anymore yeah. for his one patron. He puts the popcorn on and everything. I mean, the electricity bills in that built in that building that's an absolute mess. <laughs> and this one grim. kid who doesn't even pay to get in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh dear, uh, boys, give me your best bit. Uh, yeah, I've sort of touched on mine already in terms yeah, of the yeah. um, the Charles dance section in the real world. It's really really funny, I think. But I, I you know, I like as as ridiculous it is as it is the. Um, the corpse on the skyscraper and the crane <laughs> and stuff like that. I think that is actually some really good action filmmaking, which yeah, is, it is, it is unsurprising given who's helming the uh, the project in yeah. uh, John McTiernan. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed those bits. I enjoyed quite a lot of the film and I like a lot of the throwaway gags, yeah. the inside Hollywood gags and what have you. And, uh, yeah, his, his favourite second cousin being the... <laughs> uh, that's a brilliant joke it's really really good so yeah lots of little bits cool Sai? yeah I'm the same I think I I just think like the comedy is like really the strongest point of the of the film but like I really like how uh, in the real world he keeps getting his name wrong and he's called Arnold Braunschweiger (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, keeps getting his name wrong but then there was another bit where uh, where Benedict is in um He's in. He, he gets to his house and he's got his daughter hostage. Yeah. And then he's got Danny, and Danny's like, "Oh, you know, d- don't touch your hair on her head." And then he just oh, like, yeah. pulls her hair out, and then just puts it right in front of Danny's face and just goes, "Boink." 
<laughs> I just love the sound effect. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's such a nice effect. Yeah. Very good. I think uh, Charles dances. I think Charles Dance is my favourite thing in this film. Yeah, yeah he's really good. He's, every scene is in. He's very, very good in it. I think. Um, I think you know, like um, next time I'm getting accused of something at home, you know, that the kids tell me I've done something, I will be shouting, "I want to confess." <laughs> <laughs> In a really nice, yeah, nice I want to English confess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, certainly. I mean, there's so much of the action stuff I enjoy. I'm an action um, lover at heart. Um, so obviously, my favourite bit. It's going to be hard to top the gorgeousness of JCBD appearing. JCBD. But I'm, I'm going to try <laughs> Do it for like a second. <laughs> no, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and pick another bit. But um, I think that you know when um they go to Bridget Wilson Sampras's place, and uh, just as you were saying there, say about the oink of the hair. When Jack Slater comes home, there's a really, really well shot action sequence in that little controlled space of the house. Yeah. Um, a really nice gunfight. But my favourite bit of the whole movie happens then when there's a guy dead in a chair, and um, he's holding an Uzi, and Slater's not got a gun. So he electrocutes his hand with a, <laughs> the cable and, and the electrocution makes his hand spasm and he fires an Uzi sat from the chair. I thought it was so inventive and so cool. And a mix of sending up, you know, action movie tropes, but at the same time coming up with a whole really cool one. I, I just really liked it. That was really, really good. Yeah, that whole yeah, sequence I really liked. Um, so, boys, for your reconsideration, Last Action Hero, what are we saying? Do you know what? I would say yes. I would. I think it's a great big muddled mess, but a fun one. Uh, I think Arnie's gleefully sending up his action man persona and the OTT action site, uh, sequences are suitably bonkers, as per your favourite part there, Rob. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's some really good one-liners and some great aside jokes. The dialogue doesn't quite snap in the same way that a lot of Shane Black screenplays do, but I think that's more down to the copious re- rewrites and you know him not really operating in his in his comfort zone with this particular script i don't know how much is it is actually his come the end uh the tone is a little off for what is uh, a teenage wish fulfillment movie but there's plenty of good ideas jokes and action to maintain interest i think it's a solid little well not little a solid <laughs> behemoth of uh, of action cinema which is it misfires quite a bit but i think it's enjoyable enough Cool, cool. Sai? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely leaning more towards the yes as well. I love Arnie taking the piss out of himself. Yeah. And I think all the performances are just so... that They're all really fun, and you can tell all the actors are really on board with the idea, particularly Charles Dance, yeah. as we've said, as the big bad, who's very, very good. Um, complete with James Bond, like a henchman, in an odd job-looking henchman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is um, odd job, isn't it? Is it actually our job? Is it actually our job? Oh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, know. I don't know. No, I think it's the, it, it, it might be the one who played Random Task in uh, <laughs> oh, right. Western Powers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty evident now there was a lot of issues during production because I do think it shows as the final movie does get a bit lost within itself. And as, but aside from some like really clunky pacing issues, which I think is the biggest problem with this film, there's just so much fun to be had with Arnie, who's at the heart of it and you know, good on him for taking the piss out of himself yeah, for two yeah. hours and all the movies he's been in and sort of giving him a bit of a kick in the nuts. I thought it was, yeah, it's really yeah. fun, really fun. Nice, nice. Um, 
I, I just totally agree with what you both said and all the reasons you just put forward. I totally agree with it. Um, overall, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. It doesn't know what its audience is. Uh, tonally, it's all over the shop at times. But for me, um, it's a a deeply brave artifact. This of ninety cinema. It's a piece of cinema that I think it's it's cinema is better but that this exists. I don't think ninety cinema or action cinema in general, as we know it, would feel the same if it weren't for the spectre of Last Action Hero and what it attempted uh, and what it landed and what it didn't land and how it failed and how what it succeeded in. So, yeah, I, I think it's a load of fun and uh, really ambitious. Uh, it doesn't land all the time, but the budget is all up there. That's what you want to see in a movie, isn't it? You want to be transported somewhere else with great you know visuals and big set pieces and moments, certainly in films like this. And it delivers on that uh, completely. It's funnier than I expected as well. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say reconsider it, if only for the curiosity of what the first real big-budget blockbuster flop really looked like in a modern context. Mm. Cool. Oh, yeah. So that is three uh, across the board. Three uh, reconsider. Reconsider? Three urges to for you all to reconsider. Uh, last action hero and again that was a listener a listener choice that thank you everyone who voted um in the poll um we love doing these we'll do another one very soon um and thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed it um so yeah please stalk us on twitter at fyr film pod send us unsolicited creepy emails to reconsiderpod at gmail.com and hold us <laughs> down and force feed us five-star reviews on whatever service you're streaming us through say goodbye boys bye-bye see ya Goodbye, everybody. That, I realised that that implies I've got someone in my basement right now, doesn't it? That, <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Uh, you Were don't you need... working in a cinema in 1993 <laughs> in New York? I think. Was the, your only the... friend an eight-year-old boy? <laughs> deeply troubling. Deeply troubling. Love you all. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>